Hey, what do you say, boys and girls? This is Bobby Blitz from Overkill. That's right. And you're listening to East Coast Metal Radio. What's going on there, gang? Tuesday night here on East Coast Metal Radio. Uh, this is John here. Nick is uh, incapacitated tonight, so I'll be doing this solo. And yeah, we're going to have a pretty good show, man. We're going to talk about uh, a lot of things upcoming. We've got a lot of cool um, interviews that we're doing, uh, a couple concerts that we're covering. And uh, we're going to premiere our interview with uh, Carolyn and, and Matthias from The Charm the, Fur- the, Charm the Fury. So, yeah, um, we have a, a pretty cool um, interview tomorrow. None other th- other than Eddie Hermida from Suicide Silence we're going to be speaking to. I wonder what we'll talk about. Um, they got a new album out. I'm not quite sure how it's been doing. Um, seems that first week sales have been kind of peaked. Maybe 4,000 something copies, 4,500 copies, 4,700 copies so far being uh, reported. So, yeah, it wasn't a, a monster, but, um, you know, we're going to talk to Eddie about it tomorrow try to get his take on um, you know what the band was thinking in the recording studio as the album's coming together um, you know I know that in subsequent interviews he's talked about how you know deathcore needs to grow and you know frankly I want to ask him if this is the growth of de- deathcore with this uh, slow ass album but it does have a couple cool tunes and I want to start the show off tonight with one of them it's called don't be careful you might hurt yourself Yeah! 
All right, there you have it. Uh, yeah, Suicide Silence, one of their new songs. So um, I think that's an actually a really good song. Um, Doris, I think, is the best song on the album, um, but that one is a close second. Other than that, um, you know, frankly, in my opinion, there's not a lot to talk about from that album. But we will speak to Eddie Hermita tomorrow, and uh, we'll have an interview for you guys next week. Um, sorry for the, con- the confusion there in the beginning. Uh, all my my whole computer screen kind of went blank uh, just 10 seconds before I was going on air, so <laughs> caught me a little off surprise. But we are back on track now, so we're going to play um, uh, a song from The Charm, The Fury. Um, their album comes out uh, next Friday, um, and um, the album, the uh, song is called Down on the Ropes. It's such a great song. Um, you guys got to listen to this band. Um, and let me set up the interview. Um, I was supposed to speak to them the band via uh, Skype I guess about three weeks ago and they were doing a video shoot and that ran a little bit long so we couldn't do the interview so I ended up uh, emailing questions over to their their uh, PR people and they were going to have Caroline answer the questions which is a normal procedure you know usually you either um, do a phoner or you do uh, interview uh, questions over the phone or you do an email so I sent questions by email what I got back was an actual uh, recording of Caroline, the singer, and uh, mm, I'm going to party Butcher's name, but it's I believe it's Matthias um, from the band, the guitar player. And uh, it was kind of cool because Matthias actually read my questions and then Caroline answered the questions. And on some of them, Matthias uh, joined in and provided answers. So uh, it's really cool. And um, I'm going to play that interview in full right after this song, Dead on the Ropes, The Charm the Fury.
uh, yeah, so I'll start reading some of these questions. So, Caroline, thank you for your time today. <laughs> <laughs> you know, one of the coolest parts uh, of doing what I do is being turned on to bands that are new to me. The Charm of the Fury is one kick-ass band. Awesome. And I'm so glad Nuclear Bass has afforded me the opportunity to learn about your band. Well, There's thank so you very much. <laughs> There's so much about this band that fires me up. Your vocal intensity is off the charts. Well, you, where do you pull that power from? <laughs> to a lot of anger and sleepless nights and a lot of frustration in my life. <laughs> um, I'm not sure. I was just, I, I've been listening to a lot of metal bands and I was always wondering, you have like the stereotypical female bands such as like gothic bands or hardcore bands in the likes of Walls of Jericho. Um, but not really like an in-betweener, like a, a, a practically normal-looking girl shouting her lungs out. So I'm guessing I wanted to make a difference. Um, and where where does it come from? I'm, I guess a lot of frustration, build-up frustration, <laughs> personal experiences, uh, environmental things. It's just some, yeah, I'm, I'm not sure. Yeah, because <laughs> I tend to to be quite the happy girl, but um, maybe like if you put, peel off the, the layer, something dark comes out. Yeah, I think I think you have you have two personas. Ah. <laughs> I think you have Caroline the sweet girl and Caroline the stage beast. <laughs> the sweet girl and the stage beast. It's uh, Jekyll and Hyde, I guess. <laughs> um, let's see. Uh, I don't, this is not really guitar, it's more like a compliment, which is great. The guitar riffs Rolf and Martin have come up with are staggering. I just want to start punching shit. <laughs> <laughs> that's oh, cool. That's, that's great. We always say, slope your buurman, which is practically <laughs> like punch your neighbor in the face. <laughs> so, uh, good. <laughs> we're, we're very happy that uh, we actually, uh, yeah, the people are tend to do that. <laughs> Alright, um, the new album, The Signal Happy, comes out March 17th. I think the only negative is that the public has to wait another month to hear the full album. Well, thank you. Mm, thank you. Um, on, the, on the band's webpage, uh, in big bold letters, it says, The world is fucked, but it's great food for writing. Give me specific on what fuels your writing. Matthijs, here you go. Um... I guess it's a lot. It, it, it depends on whether you mean lyrics, lyrically or musically, because I think that those two are different things. It, it tends to start out with the music, um, so we'll just like start jamming riffs, and that's really like a feeling thing where you just like sort of try different stuff out and then see what feels right. And then once you have some, get something going, then you put drums on it, and then you start building from there. And, you know, you sort of pick up on the energy of maybe like a riff or just like a simple idea and then you just go from there. So I guess that, that, that you know, part of the, the process sort of writes itself in, in a way. But then for lyrically, it was really a matter of, you know, um, short, sort of gauging uh, your emotions at the time. And I, you know, still recollect during the writing process of this record that there was a lot of... Um, frustration in me personally and I think in more people with the band and that sort of um, that sort of you know perspired onto paper I think a lot of stuff is uh, motivated politi politically so what was going on with the world uh, sort of environmental issues which are just not getting picked up and like leadership in general and the absence thereof and you know seeing sort of the 
financial complex and military industrial complex sort of doing their thing and not no one really addressing it which is just frustrating and you know it sort of feels like really felt the need to put that on paper so uh oh and i think yeah the question goes on terrorist poverty war trump well tr not trump because trump actually came after writing all of the lyrics which is amazing i know imagine what the record would have become if we'd known about trump <laughs> but in essence it's, it's, yeah but in essence it it's not really about like uh being in a war and terrorists but it's how we deal with it or how we not to tend to deal with it at all how we just become blind for it because the media sh is only showing us half the picture and also we're just we're being spoon-fed and are not willing to think and rationalize anymore and just look critically to the world and what it is and just form your own idea about it. It's also how we not tend to look at these problems in the world because the media is showing us half the picture. We're becoming blind, we only want to see like the, the nice stories about how to live a perfect life and are not willing to, to look at the world critically anymore and just form our own meaning and idea about it. Yes. Like, yeah. Yeah. Very true. Cool. I think that's, yeah, that's the essence of it. It takes two to tango. So it's not just like people, you know, taking advantage of a certain situation, whether it be corporations or politicians, but it's also, you know, people have to be willing to sort of, you know, be obedient and tolerate what is being fed to them. And that's like a frustrating thing to see. So I think, yeah, very true. Cool. Um, since the band's debut album, A Shade of My Former Self, four years ago, how have we changed? That's for you. How have we changed? Well, no, no, you specifically. Oh, how... how your lyrics. My lyrics? Um, well, I'm guessing just as a band, we grew. We, it's such a cliche, we matured. Um, <laughs> lyrically, uh, well, the previous albums uh, more or less had more personal themes, I guess. Uh, like the last album was also really like uh, about personal things, such as uh, being in a in a one-sided friendship, uh, uh, having trouble with your, um, yeah, just. Well, yeah, trouble with with life in general and how you grow up and how the world gets to you and and also it also had quite a few political things such as limited rights of the gay society worldwide. Um, uh, lyrically, um, how did it change? It's it's a more well well like in our in our previous record we always had like this good message like it will get better but now it's just a lot of frustration and it won't get better if we don't do anything <laughs> yeah th that's kind of it isn't it the whole the whole tone has changed yeah we're angry and it won't change <laughs> <laughs> it's, I, I think i think what you write lyrically is always a reflection of the way that you are as a person at that moment in time and the way that you're feeling and you know times are different and during this record there was just you know everyone everyone was at a completely different vibe uh, compared to like the previous record and i think that's what you see you hear different people so that's and that sort of reflects in the lyrics and yeah as, as you said i think a lot of it has to do with you know not the sort of 
positive bright spin on any everything but it's just like getting sort of a sort of desperation and frustration in the form of, of, of lyrics yeah yeah so lyrically that and, that really changed and your vocal uh, vocal wise well um, I did a lot of vocal lessons uh, I started working with a vocal coach even before the uh, the previous record came out but um yeah just worked really hard and just practice a lot and um, I think I, I grew into a better vocalist and I feel that I show different types of vocals like the growls like the screamy singy growls so I really expanded uh, my vocal range which is all just because of just hard work and and just practicing not drinking during tours sleep a lot and do the most awkward vocal exercises every day for an hour like the band will often laugh at me because i sound so weird yeah that's basically it very true um let's single down on the ropes um i always hear guitar first in a song where my ear goes the riffing is tune is brutal well thank you so much thank you I, I, as if I recall correctly, it was written without a guitar on a bicycle. So that's... <laughs> <laughs> it was written... Oh. <laughs> yeah, yeah, on a bicycle, sung into an iPhone. So you can't get more metal than that, can you? <laughs> uh, it really is a song that has to be played out loud as the listener uh, can handle. Well, awesome. That's, <laughs> I think that's a good thing, right? Uh, what about this song uh, made it the choice to be the first single um, yeah so 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 if I can answer that um, because there was a lot of discussion on you know what's the, the first single is kind of a statement sort of you have to find something that represents the record but also the deliver delivers some kind of you know we wanted some shock value uh, to not not give the single that people sort of maybe expected most from us so I think there are a lot of choices on the album that were way safer than Down on the Ropes. Because this, when compared to the previous record, I think it's one of the songs that's about the furthest you can get from that mm -hmm. material. You know, it's just groove-based. It's not very technical. It's just bare-bones riffing and then with a big solo, which is something that we didn't tend to do. I think it was all about delivering the statement that, all right, this is going to be something different. And, you know... Better get used to it. <laughs> yes. Yes. I think mostly that's what it was about. And there there was, I think, overall, the response has been really positive. But, I, I you know, we've seen some fans that were pretty <laughs> uh, scared when they heard the first single. Like, wow, is this what it's going to be? What happened to you guys? I don't like it I, at all. I'm curious how... Yeah, exactly. I think it's going to develop nice. But we wanted to make a statement, and I think uh, it succeeded. True. Yes. Um, I think the opening to No End in Sight is brilliant. Well, thank you. After the soft acoustic sound, the song just explodes. Uh, how did it come about? Um, how did it come about to have that mariachi type opening? Uh, I love that you get the mariachi. <laughs> it's not. It's not a mariachi instrument. It's actually. Um, is it Rolf? Is Mendeley? Uh, I'm not sure what. Um, it's a funny story. It's actually a mandolin that used to be owned by my uncle, and um, uh, he passed away. Uh, uh, well, I think 
more more than 10 years ago now and um he used to play the mandolin but not a lot i've never heard him play it but it was like my inheritance because i was like the one in the family that did that made a lot of music um so they were like well i suppose you have to have the mandolin even though i'd never played any sort of guitar in my whole life <laughs> so so it was just laying there and then when we started doing this record i really felt like wouldn't it be cool if we get the mandolin in there just at least once? <laughs> Take all, I didn't even I didn't even know that. That's so cool. But did, you didn't really? I didn't know. I, it's it, it, yeah. It was so it's it's an inheritance for my uncle. Nice. You know, it, I I just thought wouldn't it be cool to have it. You know, on like a whole album, just be you know a little little Easter egg in there. And then when we started messing around with it, it actually turned out to be like a really cool sound. Like, yeah, exactly. Yeah, like a mariachi type thing. So mm -hmm. uh, it's sort of a coincidence how it came about. Nice. Um, explain to me Corner Office Maniacs. <laughs> I think the title was self explanatory. Uh, we're talking about when you say Corner Office Maniacs, it's the, it's the guy uh, hidden away in the huge office building in some big financial global corporation somewhere stuffed in the corner office making crazy decisions that will affect millions of lives that's the corner office maniac and um it was actually uh inspired by um a speech i think it was uh by jim kramer i saw it on youtube first and it was back in 2008 a couple of weeks before and I saw this video and it's uh, Jim Cramer which is some kind of sort of financial analyst slash TV character so he does like this sort of Wall Street thing on TV and he was talking about some of the big banks and then had this crazy meltdown on live television just absolutely just shouting at the reporter like you guys are fucking crazy and you guys are out of your mind and you have no idea what it's like uh, that is like the biggest impression on me just seeing a guy before the credit crisis even just saying, you know, this stuff is completely out of control. And then a couple of weeks later, you know, the whole credit crisis thing happened. And th th this was also a thing that I knew for years before. Like, I want to use that in a song sometimes. So actually, in Corner Office Maniacs, throughout the whole song, that actual speech is playing with, like, crazy guitar pedals and uh, all sorts of soundscapes thrown on there. So sometimes if you listen closely, you could recognize it. But that whole song is basically Jim Cramer going to, into a meltdown on live television. That's what that song is. Cool. Um, the future need us not. Tell me, what are you saying in this song? <laughs> well, a hyper-intelligent <laughs> robots are taking over the world. Uh, I hear myself twice. Yeah, yeah same. Is that? No, no, no not anymore. Yeah. Oh. No, it's, it's basically about robots taking over the world. <laughs> not robots. Machines. <laughs> machines. Machines. Machines are going to rule out people. It's, yeah, it's a bit like the Matrix, but mm -hmm. not. I, I, I do, it, it, it sounds like science fiction, but I think it's going to be a reality sooner than a lot of people may think. You know, not a reality. I'm not saying that this is going to happen 100%, but I think AI, uh, if you listen to like some of the world's greatest minds like Stephen Hawking and Elon Musk, they're all saying the same thing. They're saying people are not 
treating this as an actual problem because people think it's funny and people say, oh, Terminator, Arnold Schwarzenegger, they sort of, you know, make fun of the concept. But, you know, the uh, fact is that we're basically a bunch of highly evolved primates. And then on the other hand, you have this computer intelligence, which is rapidly becoming more intelligent. Just look at Google algorithms, how much they developed in like the past 10 years. And then fast forward that for like 20 years. I don't know. I hope the song never comes to fruition and it's just like a funny science fiction idea. But I'm not sure. Let, let's see how it pans out. Mm -hmm. I think that's what that is. Yeah. Uh, each song has such a big full sound to it. It's, it sounds like you had it during this album. What? What's the question? Um... Think just about like the mastering and the mixing. Uh. Um, well, I mean, I mean, the the mastering engineer on this is fantastic. His name is Ted Jensen, and he's a, the guy is basically a legend. If you look at like the big rock records of the past 20 years, I'm pretty sure of the major ones, he's ninety percent of them. He's a he's really a great guy. So we knew up front that we wanted to work with him. So so he did the mastering. But also, a big credit to Josh Wilbur, who mixed the record, uh, who is phenomenal at what he does. And actually, um, we didn't know when we asked him to work with us, but, you know, to hear that he, he did, like, the last Korn and then the last Megadeth, mm -hmm. you're sort of working with a guy that did real metal royalty. And, you know, I'm not saying that we're metal royalty. Definitely not. Uh, you know, work with a guy that, you know. Yeah, it's um, super honorable. Yeah. Uh, so, so the band calls Amsterdam their home. Describe to me the hard rock metal scene as the band is coming up. <laughs> the hard rock metal scene over here. Well, uh, it's it's rather small, I guess. Well, it, 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 like 10 years ago, I used to go to all these like local shows every week, but it kind of died out. Yeah, back then you had like a lot of local bands, um, uh, but those kind of went away. Though uh, the, the band members all chose for I'm guessing like the settled life with the nine to five jobs and such. And now, since a few years, you have this one guy who's really just setting up cool gigs. Amsterdam Metal Fest, for example, one of like our top rock metal venues in Amsterdam called the Melkweg um, so uh, it, it's, it's because of people like him that there's really just like a new wave of like younger bands trying to trying to play shows and trying to just make it I guess but but Holland is such such a tiny country so I'm guessing like the metal scene is is in itself also very tiny yeah. Yeah. Do you have anything I guess to add? It doesn't have the same heritage. It doesn't have the same UK or US where you have all these legendary. We have some. We have some heritage, but it's not the same. You know, if you're from LA and Metallica came from there and started the whole thing from scratch. Yeah. We don't really have. Well, we have that with Gothic metal. <laughs> yeah, with Temptation, Epica, but um. That was, that was a Dutch thing. Yeah. Yeah. But like real metal, not really. Texture. Textures, exactly. But um, yeah, that's that's funny because we don't really have that much heritage 
you tend to see yeah. that there's just not much going on as well. It just doesn't go from generation to generation, almost. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty sad. Let's see. Aside from the already announced shows of Welcome to Rockville, Carolina Rebellion, and the North Invasion in the U.S., as well as Download Fest and Grass Pop overseas, what else does the Charmed Fury have lined up in the way of touring? Mm, we'll first be embarking on a tour with Bury Tomorrow in April in Europe, which is very cool, and then we'll head to the States for exactly what you said, the festivals, and then back to Europe for about 25 festival shows, I guess. I, we can't give them away I guess at this point um, but there are like some bucket list shows on that list which is really 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 fucking awesome and hopefully we'll return to the US in September October again would be nice yeah working on it <laughs> and in the meantime uh, really thanks again for your time Caroline <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you. <laughs> and here's Matthijs as well. <laughs> you got Matthijs for free. Oh yeah, Martijn. Martijn is our quiet listener. Oh, here he is. <laughs> yeah. So three, three for one. <laughs> well, thank you very much for your questions. Yes. yes, and hopefully see you soon. Yes, yes, yes. All right, let's wrap it up. Okay, bye. All right, there you go. That was very, very cool interview. Uh, thanks to Carolina Matthijs from the Charm the Fury for that cool interview. And yeah, don't forget, uh, their album, The Sick, Dumb and Happy, hit stores on March 17th. So go check them out. Um, well... Before we get into some more stuff, uh, as far as shows go, let's talk about some news. Um, I guess recently, uh, just this week, the, one of the biggest um, uh, tour news items that came out was Corn are going to hit this summer, headlining the Serenity of Summer headline tour. And, uh, man, they're bringing a lot of cool people on board out on tour with them. Stone Sour, Corey Taylor, come on gotta love that baby metal very controversial um band had came out last year skillet yellow wolf islander dead um we had a tour starts uh, june 16th and uh, ticket pre-sales ticket pre-sales started today so i know there's several different uh, pre-sales that start today so um otherwise i think tickets go on sale friday for the public but um yeah, I mean, you know, we just saw Corn last summer with Zombie, and um, I've seen Corn several times live. I mean, they're right on up there, so um, I want to play uh, Twist, and then we're going to get into Freak on a Leash. <laughs> Twist, 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 
takes a part of me Something lost and never seen Every time I start to believe Something's raped and taken from me From me Life's gotta always be messing with me Damn, I love corn. And the band, too. Not that I was stupid. Um, 
Yeah, very cool. Um, and I'll tell you what, if you're uh, thirsty and happen to be in New York City on March 28th, uh, Anthrax is uh, joining the likes of Megadeth and Iron Maiden with their own beer called War Dance. And on March 28th, they're going to be having a, a War Dance New York City beer crawl. So uh, if you happen to be in town, uh, you can go uh, grab some anthrax brew uh the band will be out and about i'm starting at six o'clock at daddy o's then i'm going to go to half pint one mile house top hops and then there's going to be a, a, a rmp bar after party so um yeah again there's so many cool bands that are uh, putting out their own brew and uh anthrax is uh joining the list so go pick up war dance march 28th in new york city to celebrate that, we're going to play Nice Fucking Life.
this Saturday, uh, we'll be in Sayreville, New Jersey at the Starland Ballroom catching Overkill. Can't wait for that concert, man. We uh, interviewed Bobby Blitz, as you guys know, uh, I guess back in February last month. And, um, yeah, it was very cool. Very cool interview. Uh, they're wrapping up this leg of the tour on Saturday at Starland. And, um, yeah, it's going to be a very cool show with Overkill, Nile, uh, Amorphous, Swallow the Sun, and my friends in We Our War. So if you're out in the uh, Sayreville, Philadelphia area, go check out the show. I wanted to play a, a small clip to preview uh, the concert. Um, like I said, when we uh, interviewed Bobby last month, uh, he spoke about um, one song in particular called Goddamn Trouble. And this is what he had to say about that song. We're talking to Bobby Bliss from Overkill. And uh, I want to get into a couple of the songs off of the grinding wheel. And you just mentioned Goddamn Trouble. Um, that's the first one I want to start with because, Bobby, any song that talks about or mentions uh, Deep Purple's Highway Star is a song for me, brother. <laughs> I love it. No lyrics. I grabbed the tape from the floor of the car, jammed it in the dash, and played Highway Star. And I'm thinking to myself, I'm in the old 72 Camaro I used to have back then. Yep. yep. Yeah, I had a, I had a 71 Chevelle, and I'm telling you, the, that exact thing happened to me as well, man. <laughs> so awesome. And isn't that, isn't that the idea of lyric? You know, um, it, it, it wasn't supposed to be deep. It was just supposed to strike a chord with someone. Um, and and uh, I had such fun writing that song because it was it took me back to an era uh, when it was uh, that influx of youth in my life. You know, my, maybe my my fountain youth is the grinding wheel, but the fact that, that it lets me relive some of that stuff in my head would give uh, a fresh face to the songs, and the band giving a fresh face to an older feel to make it contemporary in 2017, to make it valuable in 2017. Yeah, Bobby. I mean, the song you know took me back. Just like you said, with me and my boys, I'm from Lower Bucks County, Pennsylvania. So, you know, hitting 95, uh, 295, going down to uh, Seaside, just, you know, trying to see what kind of havoc we can get into. Um, it was awesome listening to them, you know, three whatever minutes of that song, man. It, lots of memories came back. 71 Chevelle, was it a big block? Yes, sir. Now, yeah. I got a 67 sitting out in the garage. I sold mine years ago, um, you know, to get something more family. <laughs> I wish I had it again, man. That car rocked. Believe me, I haven't had it my whole life. I had to go back to get it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so I think it's only uh, only apropos that we play that song. And, um, yeah, again, go check them out. Overkill this Saturday at the Starland in Sayreville, New Jersey. This is Goddamn Trouble.
On March uh, 31st, Body Count has a new album, Bloodlust, coming out. And, yeah, I can't, I can't even believe about it. On Thursday, we're uh, going to be interviewing Ernie C. On the, on the phone. So we'll have that interview for you guys uh, sometime next week. It's going to be a busy week of doing interviews. So we will get that one out to you. But, yeah, I spoke to them in 2014. I spoke to Ernie and the rest of the band. Um, Ice-T was not there, but I did speak to the band at Mayhem Festival in Camden. And they were just the coolest guys to talk to. So I'm looking forward to catching up to Ernie and talking about No Lives Matter and the uh, album Bloodlust. Um... Yeah, so this is uh, their uh, first single off the record, No Lives Matter. It's unfortunate that we even have to say Black Lives Matter. I mean, if you go through history, nobody ever gave a fuck. I mean, you can kill black people in the street. Nobody goes to jail. Nobody goes to prison. But when I say Black Lives Matter and you say All Lives Matter, that's like if I was to say Gay Lives Matter and you say All Lives Matter. If I said Women's Lives Matter and you say All Lives Matter, you're diluting what I'm saying. You're diluting the issue. The issue isn't about everybody. It's about black lives at the moment. But the truth of the matter is, they don't really give a fuck about anybody if you break the shit all the way down to the low fucking dirty ass truth. We say that black lives matter, but truthfully they really never have. No one ever really gave a fuck. Just read your bullshit history books. But honestly, they just black. Fight back, but we're about to. Investigators say they are reviewing body cameras. 
dash cam video of Tuesday's shooting. Police say that Keith Lamont Scott did have a gun in his hand when an officer shot him. A new picture of the scene shows something at Scott's feet. A source tells our Charlotte affiliate it may be a gun, but people in the neighborhood say that the father of four was holding a book instead. Officer Vincent was in plain clothes when the shooting happened, and he was not wearing a body-worn camera. But we are told that three other officers wore theirs. The department is under increasing pressure to release police videos from the shooting. But the police chief says he will not do that right now because of the investigation. forget to follow us on uh, Twitter at ECM Radio Show and on uh, Facebook at uh, East Coast Metal Show. Um, yeah, if you're out and about <coughs> on uh, Saturday, we'll be in uh, at the Starlian Ballroom in Sayreville, New Jersey, checking out Overkill. And then on Sunday, we're going to head down to Philly um, at uh, the Underground Arts Center for Born of Osiris, Volumes, Oceans 8, Alaska, Within the Ruins, and Fire from the Gods. So busy weekend lots of great metal in the area um i appreciate you guys stopping by as always um and as we uh end every show this is my boys pantera with my favorite song primal concrete sledge thanks a lot this is a song of unity this is one called primal concrete sledge